Let's go! On episode 507 of Nintendo Switchcraft, can we fix the Nintendo Switch Online app? Fire Emblem turns 30. What should Nintendo do? And the ESRB makes a big change. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. This is Love My Nest from Orlando, Florida, and you're in the Nerd Nest with Bill on Nintendo Switchcraft. Welcome back to Switchcraft, everybody. It is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can watch the video after the fact. Again, that is twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like you. If you want to get Switchcraft and all of my other content, of which there is a lot, ad-free, for as little as a dollar, you can join the Patreon over at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Let's get started. Uh, there's not a lot of Nintendo news today, so I actually have some discussion points that I want to uh, get out there so that you can all reply and we can have this discussion, not exactly in real time, but uh, let's get started with the first one, and that is the Nintendo Switch Online app. The reason that, that I came up with this topic is because I was, I, well, I was at, um, I can't remember which website, and they had the Nintendo download for April 9th. Now, if you are unaware, the Nintendo download is something that Nintendo puts out every week. And I went to the official Nintendo press site, and I only saw the one there from the second. So I was very curious, and I started messing around on their website and I couldn't find the Nintendo download for the ninth. So because of that, I was kind of just messing around on the site and I came across like some of their some of their um like their art that they have, their not really art, but like the stock photos that they have to advertise the Nintendo Switch online app. And it got me thinking about recently I used it. And it's not something I use very often, but recently I used it in Animal Crossing. I was playing Animal Crossing and one of our community members uh, of our Discord community, which you can join over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, they had something on their island. I can't remember what it was. So or, or I had something on my island and I don't know what it was. But one way or the other, we went to the, each other's island and I grabbed my phone and I said, I'm going to connect to voice chat. And it it worked instantaneously, and and me and the uh, the other players uh, were able to hear each other, and we were talking, and it was fun, and it worked really, really well. And I thought to myself, this is a very, very good experience. However, it's in this app that is just so completely anemic in in features. Just there's no features. There's almost nothing going on in the Nintendo Switch Online app. And I think that that's a shame. Now, I'll say this. I know that there's a lot of people out there who despise the Nintendo Switch Online app. Uh, And I understand everybody's problem with it. I really, really do. However, 
we all know that Nintendo is not going to listen to us and get rid of this thing. They're not going to move voice chat directly on the Switch. They want to use this. Um, and by this, I mean the Nintendo Switch Online app on your phone. And so it got me thinking about what what features would you add or would I add to the Nintendo Switch Online app in order to improve it and make it so that it is worth using more often? Uh, what would I change about this app in order to improve it? And, there, you know, I have a couple of ideas, but I want to hear what everybody else has to say. So I tweeted this question out uh, on Twitter. I am at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter, and I tweeted it out so that people could um, get their opinions. Now, I'm not going to go through everybody's opinions right now. I'm going to take take care of that on, that on Saturday's episode. If you did not know, on Saturdays, I basically do a feedback show where it's all of the stuff, all of your opinions, and I bring I, I bring all of that stuff in uh, to the show uh, through Twitter usually. Uh, but anyway, I'm at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter, and I tweeted out, the Nintendo Switch Online app is far from perfect. I know that many of you would like to get rid of it, but I'm putting you in charge of making it awesome instead. What features would you add to improve the app? What would you change and what would you keep? So that's the question that I'm asking. So now I'm going to give my answer. What what kind of stuff would I change about the Nintendo Switch Online app? Well, the first thing that I would do is I would make a built-in calendar system. So if I open up a calendar, I can make an appointment with friends to get together and play a game. And we could do it directly in the Nintendo Switch Online app. And if I happen to forget that I'm supposed to uh, do a, I don't know, a fishing tournament in Animal Crossing on a friend's island, not like the official fishing tournament, but a fishing tournament where like we all get together and see who can catch the most fish or something like that. Like if I forget that we're doing that, I get a little ping on my phone that says, Hey, don't forget you're supposed to do this. That would be really cool. If I'm playing a game at the time, I would get a little alert notification on my switch that says, Hey, don't forget you were going to play animal crossing with super Nintendo uh, in 30 minutes. That would be a really cool feature. Another feature that I would add would be the ability to have parties outside of the games. So just like you can on Xbox and just the same way that you can on PlayStation, let me invite people to a group voice chat and have us all be able to talk to each other whether we're in the same game or not. Um, my son uses this on his PS4 all the time. He'll be playing one game and his friends will be playing some other game and they'll still be talking. And I think that that's a really cool thing. And for some reason, the app doesn't allow us to do this. Another big um, critique of the Nintendo Switch Online app is the whole headphone situation. The fact that I either have to have this this odd device that basically turns uh, all of the wires that I have into this weird spaghetti of wires in order to hear the game and the voice chat at the same time, it's not a good solution. Now, Nintendo's solution is that you start voice chat and you set it on your table and then you just start talking while you're playing. 
And that's fine, but it's not going to have the best sound. And I would prefer to have it go through my headphones instead. Now, I will say this. When it was, it was myself and Paco the other day playing Animal Crossing together, and we were using the Nintendo Switch online app, that's how I used it. I had, it, I had my phone sitting, well, actually, it wasn't sitting on a table. It was sitting on this little stand that I have on my desk. But I had my phone sitting in the stand, and we were talking, and I don't know if he was using headphones and a microphone, but it was just sitting on the table, and the audio quality was fine. So at the end of the day, does it work? Absolutely, it works. But there's way there's a many, many ways that it can be improved. I would also really like it if Nintendo would do things, like why are there only three games in the Nintendo Switch Online app? We've got Animal Crossing, Smash Brothers, and Splatoon 2. This should have features in it for any game that has any kind of multiplayer. There, I don't understand why the, the, the games are so limited as to which ones will interact with the Nintendo Switch Online app. That's crazy to me. Uh, Mario, um, what is it? Mario Maker 2. That should have an icon on here where I can tap on it and then browse through some cool... Like, I could just browse through the catalog of the the games that have been made or the uh, the levels that have been made in Mario Maker 2, and I can, I can flag them. And then next time I start up Mario Maker 2, I should get an alert that says, here are the games that you want to... or the, the levels that you wanted to try. Let me download those for you. Something else that I think that they should do that would uh, be be a huge improvement is there are some games that you play multiplayer um, asynchronously. So I take my turn, and then you take your turn whenever you get around to it. An example would be Wargroove. It would be amazing if games like Wargroove had an alert on the phone that would send when it was my turn to play. I would play that game way more. I never play multiplayer Wargroove. And the reason I never play multiplayer Wargroove is because I would forget when it's my turn to play. So they should give me an alert on my phone that says, it's your turn to play. Why don't you go ahead and do that? And then I can grab my my switch, load up the game, take my turn, send it, and then the other person gets an alert on their phone. I think that that would really, really uh, fix things in, in a lot ways, in a lot ways, boy, that sentence got away from me, in a lot of ways, but I can't think of everything, and I, I'm not saying that Nintendo listens to this show, but, you know, I'm sure that in, that there's somebody at Nintendo that is going around listening to all the podcasts, and let's give them some ideas, all right? So let me know what you think, and I will talk about it on Saturday's episode. Again, that's at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. Leave a reply. Let me know what you think. (laughs) If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
So here's another question that I'm asking you to answer for Saturday's episode. And uh, this one I'm not going to talk nearly as much about because I don't have as many ideas when it comes to this. Uh, but, it, you know, when I was getting ready to do the show, uh, one of the people in our Twitch chat reminded me that uh, it's Fire Emblem's 30th anniversary. It's coming up in seven days. So my question to you is what do you think Nintendo should do to celebrate Fire Emblem's uh, 30th anniversary? Um, usually what you would do, would you, you would say release a game. Well, they just released Fire Emblem Three Houses, so I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um, maybe a remake? Um, again, they just, they just put out Three Houses, so maybe that's not the best idea. I think what would be very cool is if they added, and honestly, I now that I think about it, I'm wondering if my idea makes any sense at all. I need to look in the Nintendo Switch, um, the NES games, and see if there are any Fire Emblem games in there. Like, are there? That's a question I'm asking you. All right, well, actually, I'm going to boot up my Nintendo Switch, and I'll, I'll give you an answer in just a second. So I just booted up both the NES app and the Super NES app, and neither of them have Fire Emblem on there. Um, I, I never got into Fire Emblem until Fire Emblem Awakening. So listen, maybe that's what they could do. They could bring out the, oh, I've got it. I've got the solution. Here's what they do. Bring out the Game Boy app for Nintendo Switch, the GBA app, and include Fire Emblem in it. What do you guys think? Is that a good idea? Listen, if you can think of better ideas, then please let me know at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. This is not necessarily Nintendo only related. This is related to the entire industry, but I've talked about this many times, and that's loot boxes. Loot boxes, I don't like. I don't like loot boxes. I understand that developers need a way to get extra monetization because if you adjust for inflation, the price of games has continually fallen in my lifetime and the development costs for making games has increased. So I understand that developers and publishers are looking for ways to monetize games in other ways. And loot boxes is one, loot boxes are, that's better grammar, uh, they're one of those ways that they can do that. Um, so with loot boxes, the thing that you have to keep in mind is that you are paying for a thing that you may or may not get. Now, I've had many conversations about this in the past, about whether or not this is gambling. I had a friend of mine on one of my podcasts, Scott Johnson from uh, The Instance, and I, I had him on one of my shows. I can't remember if it was this show or my Run Jump Stomp show. And we talked about this at length, about whether or not loot boxes con uh, constituted gambling. He said no. I said yes. We had a, a really good back and forth about that. And I'm here to say it is. And whether or not you disagree with me doesn't really matter. You can agree or disagree with me on that. And it doesn't really change the conversation here. My question is, the ESRB, the Electronic Software Rating Board, which uh, came out of the, uh, you know, the, the 90s, 
with Mortal Kombat and, um, oh my God, uh, not Fright Night. What is the name of the game where you were... Uh, oh, it was like a live action game on the Sega CD. Somebody in chat's going to remember the name of it, and I can't. I have a copy of it on the shelf behind me. I can't remember the name of it. All right, I paused for a second and looked on the shelf behind me. It's Night Trap, and of course, right after I paused and looked, Super Nintendo in in the live Twitch chat told me what it was called. And yes, Night Trap. Everything from that era made uh, the the. the you know, Congress very, very upset at the video game industry. So rather than being regulated by the government, the uh, video game industry decided to create a ratings board, which would then self-regulate. And that's where the ESRB came from. And if you're still unsure of what the ESRB is, then you grab a box and you look at the box. And if it says E for everyone or T for teen, that's what we're talking about. Well, game in, gamesindustry.biz just posted this article earlier today, and it basically says that there are going to be new labels on games that have loot boxes. Uh, basically, what we've seen up until now is that we uh, there has been something where it says, all right, this is going to show in-game purchases, but now it's also going to show whether or not those in-game purchases contain random items. And I think that this is very, very important. However, I think that this is personally, I personally think that this is not enough. Personally, the way I look at this, and you can feel free to disagree with me if you want, and tell me why you disagree with me, that's fine. But the, my, my, my question is, is, are they doing enough here? And I'm going to say, no, they're not doing enough. And here's what I think that I would like to see in, in, instead. I think I, it should be a requirement for any game that features loot boxes, i.e. gambling. In my, in my opinion, they're gambling, and disagree with me if you want. But I think that anything that features loot boxes should be rated at least a T, maybe an M. And honestly, like for me, I would be much happier with it being rated M than being rated T. And I think that that would communicate to parents the importance of understanding the loot boxes. The other thing that I would change on here is instead of just saying in-game purchases includes random items... I would say gambling. This game has gambling with real world money. And I think that that would make parents, well, it would give parents the opportunity to understand the situation better. Whether or not they take advantage of that is a completely different animal. So again, I made a tweet. I asked, do you think that it's enough, that they've done enough, or if they haven't done enough, And again, reply with your reasons for Saturday's episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I know that there's a lot of you out there 
that are trying as hard as you can to be as clean as you can. We're washing our hands for 20 seconds. By the way, in our bathroom, we have a little poster taped up there on the wall that has the the thing that the that Team Rocket says when they attack. So, like, prepare for trouble, make it double, blah, all that stuff. And, it like, that's what we use to time our washing of our hands, uh, which is awesome because we're all, we're all giant nerds here in this house. Uh, but I know we're all trying to be super clean with COVID-19 and washing our hands, and Nintendo understands that you're doing that too. However, Nintendo is cautioning you against cleaning your Nintendo Switch with alcohol-based products. So hand sanitizer, things like that. Uh, Nintendo sent out this tweet. Uh, let's see, when was this? Uh, this was a couple of days ago. Uh, basically, it says... Recently, some customers have inquired about, I want to remove alcohol from the Nintendo Switch and Joy-Cons. And they say, we're very sorry, but please avoid using alcohol as plastic parts may fade or deform. Now, I don't think that they're going to deform, (laughs) but uh, you might change the color of things when you put alcohol on the Nintendo Switch. I remember when the Switch first came out, um, one of the things that like, there's, there's a lot of these places out there that will make skins for your electronics. So for instance, I'm grabbing my, my iPad here on my iPad. I've got like a red back on my iPad, which I love this iPad. And I really like that. I've got this red grippy back to it. It makes it a little grippier and easier to hold on to, but it, it's basically just a giant vinyl sticker. And I got it for my iPad. Uh, But they made those when the Switch first came out. And the problem was a lot of them were like having a chemical reaction. The stickers were having a chemical reaction to the plastic with the Nintendo Switch. And the stickers were essentially damaging the Nintendo Switch. Now, I don't know if that's because they had some kind of alcohol on them. But if you want to make sure that your switch is clean, alcohol is not the way to do that. So uh, you have been warned by Nintendo, and uh, I don't know that there's anything else to say about it. If you're going to spend your time playing video games, why not play them on something that can also teach you about computing? Get a Commodore 64 or VIC-20. A while back, there was a company that sent me these little kickstand things for your Nintendo Switch. Uh, it was the company is called Gravilogic, and the, the way that it would work is you would slide these little th- things into the rails of your Nintendo Switch, and then inside these little things, it had like a little kickstand, and you could put one on either side, and then you had a really nice kickstand for your Nintendo Switch. Now, since then, I mean, they had sent me that, and I thought it was super cool, uh, but my son had broken his kickstand on his Nintendo Switch. I think his kickstand was open one day and he went to put it in his uh, the dock with the kickstand open and it flew off. And so I gave him the, the, the Gravilogic kickstands or Switchblades, I think it was what they call them. Um, and since, since then, he has lost them because that's what kids do. They lose things. Uh, so I can't show you what they look like. But Gravilogic... Uh, they reached out to me in an email and they said, Hey, Bill, can you tell people about our new ones? They are now aluminum 
and anodized aluminum so that they are this they're like a matching black color mine were like they look like wood uh but they got these matching black uh switch colors but it's anodized aluminum and they wanted everybody to know about it and i said sure and they said we'll send you one and i said all right that's cool but yeah i'll i'll, I'll let people know about it uh because i think that a lot of you might find this to be interesting so basically uh, the side of your switch, you put these things on, and then you've got a little kickstand. And if you are listening to the podcast and you want to know what these look like, then follow the link in the show notes. They're calling them Project Blackbird. Uh, they are $35 for a pair. So you get two, one for each side of your Nintendo Switch. And they said that uh, ex- expected delivery is uh, starting in October 2020. Now this is this website that they're using is kind of Kickstartery, in which case the only way that they will actually get made is if one thousand and forty-three people pre-order them, and if that doesn't happen, then they're just not going to do it. And it doesn't really affect me. I mean, they said they were going to send me some free ones, which are that's cool. I'll make a video about them when they do that, but. Uh, but I wanted to let people know about it because I think that there's a lot of people out there who would find these things to be useful. And they're actually pretty receptive to input. I, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but when they first sent them to me, I said, you know, you should try changing it like this. And they said, yeah, let's do that. And they changed something. And I can't remember uh, what it was because it was like three years ago. But anyway, now you know. And uh, if that sounds interesting to you, this is episode 506. So just go to runjumpstomp.com or you can go to gravelogic.com. It's a terrible name for a company because people are going to spell it wrong, but that's okay. Let's move on. Sega, hot hits today, hot hits on the way. Plug into today's hottest arcade hit. All right, I've got two last things and they're both Animal Crossing related. So I thought I'd throw them in at the end. First off, the bunny is officially gone. Bunny day is over. Thank goodness we can get back to uh, figuring out the eggs or, or not having to deal with the eggs. Although I did see a hilarious uh, pro tip on uh, Reddit yesterday. It was basically they said, hold on to some eggs and bury them when you go to Friends Islands as a joke. And I had already turned all of my eggs into um, whatever items that it was and sold them so I could get bells for it. And I wish I had thought of that because that's hilarious and brilliant, but I did not. Uh, But that's okay. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about crafting an Animal Crossing and what a pain it is. When I was working on trying to catch the stringfish last month uh, at the end of March, uh, I went and I just ran along the shore over and over, catching as many manila clams as I could. And then I would go into my house and I would craft many, many, like hundreds, I feel like, hundreds, at least 200, I think, um, uh, fish bait. And that meant I had to sit there and and spam A. Well, this person uh, thought of a much better idea. They built a 3D printed and built a little robot to push the A button on their Nintendo Switch over and over and over again so that they could just craft all of the fish bait that they wanted. This is the kind of ingenuity that 
people have to come up with in order to get around Nintendo's ridiculous limitation of not being able to say, oh, you want to craft some fish bait? How many would you like to craft? Wouldn't that be nice? And one last thing related to Animal Crossing, and that is Xbox tweeted out these awesome shirts that they made. I don't know if you're aware, but you can make shirts in Animal Crossing, and they, like Xbox, made an Xbox shirt, uh, or actually a couple of them. Um, And I think that they're super cool, and I think that it's awesome that Xbox is doing that. Microsoft has, has somebody sitting there playing Animal Crossing, and they made... Xbox shirts, and then they gave you the codes. And if you want to wear a cool Xbox shirt in your uh, Animal Crossing game, then follow the link in the show notes or go and watch the Twitch video uh, because I have the the codes are right there um, in the Twitch video or in the uh, show notes if you are interested in getting those things. And by the way, if you really made something cool, and you want to share the code, uh, drop a tweet a screenshot at me. And if I like it, I'll, uh, uh, you know, maybe I'll use it. But, but anyway, that's it for today's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you want to become a part of the community, you absolutely should join us over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And uh, this show is part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you want to check out the Giant Size Team-Up Network and all the other shows on the network, you absolutely should. Head on over to gstu.net. And if you want to check out my other shows, the final episode of Season 2 of 143 Pixels is coming out tomorrow. Uh, so make sure that you check that out. I'm very, very proud of 143 Pixels. It's probably my favorite show that I make. Uh, it's a lot of work. I've got, I think, one more uh, episode to record for season three and then begins the editing process for season three. But season two is going to be finished tomorrow. And then I'll find something to put on in the meantime while I'm working on season three. But again, if you want to check out that or any of my other shows, head on over to runjumpstomp.com shows or Wherever you listen to podcasts, look for 143 pixels. That's 143, the number, and pixels afterwards. The music you're hearing right now is Corneria, Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Big thank you to Noteblock for letting me use their music on my show. I'll see you all next time. Until then, stay awesome.